there's so many gifts that we can bring to the world with our creativity and our curiosity. And one thing I talk to people a lot about is curiosity. It's my favorite new word. <laughs> it's my word of the year. I always choose a word of the year. And uh, curiosity about ourselves, about our partners, about nature, about the world around us. Like if we stay in that curious state of mind, there's always going to be that sort of wonderment around us. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, the gorgeous Mary Martin joins me. She's a hormone specialist, a naturopath, and chief queen of Hormone Queens. She's celebrating over 20 years of being a naturopath here on the Sunshine Coast. She's the author of nine books on hormone-related topics and founders of companies, The Baby Builders and Chief Queen of Hormone Queens. Through her consultations and hormone reset programs with Hormone Queens, Mary helps perimenopausal and menopausal women kick unwelcome symptoms to the curb to live full, confident, healthy, sexy, sane, energetic, and enriching lives. She is a passionate advocate of changing up the conversations, attitudes, cliches, and norms around the female aging process. She helps women implement proactive emotional and physical healthcare strategies, empowering them with the tools they need to enjoy a rewarding quality of life for many years to come. She loves everything to do with being in or on water. She's a hormone geek, a lover of life, mother of five, unshakable optimist, natural therapies enthusiast, and is dedicated to helping mature women physically, emotionally, and successfully navigate their unique aging process. I love her motto. We're all getting older. Let's do it with gusto. I cannot wait to share this incredible soul with you this week. She's a beautiful woman inside and out, and you are going to love all the gems that she shares this week on the Self-Love Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your comments and feedback, your five-star rating. And if you have any comments or feedback, please head on over to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison 28, my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. I absolutely love having you on the ride with me, and I know you are going to love this week's guest. Take care. Be kind. Well, as already said, this week's guest is an incredibly special soul, someone who I admire and revere and feel so excited to have on the show today, especially as we're talking about aging, about our hormones, about naturopathy and all things juicy that comes to our health, well-being and self-love. Welcome to the show, beautiful Mary. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. I'm really, really pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's something that has happening to all of us. We all age each and every day. We are all uh, going through different hormonal changes each and every moment of every day. But before we get into all of that, perhaps you could just take us back, right back to what led you into this amazing path, not only of naturopathy, but supporting, advising, and absolutely inspiring women to really be their best version of themselves. Could you give us a little background, sweet Mary? 
Oh, yes, sure. Um, I would have been 27 years old and um, I got these unexplained chest pains and I've never really been a lot to the doctor. I've been pretty healthy and nobody could figure out what was going wrong with me. You know, they put me, you know, it's heart, heart condition. You've got this, is that, it's nothing, it's indigestion. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I was living, I'm originally from Canada, but I was living in Australia and someone said, you should see a naturopath. And I said, what is a naturopath? <laughs> and um, sure enough, you know, I went and had a chat and I was just in awe that, that health could be so holistic that, you know, a conversation about my health, questions no one had ever asked me before seeing, seeing a regular GP. And she says, oh, I think you've got gallstones. And I'm like, gallstones? I'm, aren't I a bit young? And Anyway, sure enough, I had gallstones and uh, that kind of set me on this trajectory of such clean eating. I had to eat cleaner or else I would engage a gallstone attack before I got rid of my gallbladder. Um, but it really set me on this beautiful trajectory of just waking up to myself because I was a bit of a party girl in my 20s and um, just eating well and understanding my body and going, oh, my liver's attached to my gallbladder. I didn't know. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. And um, studying naturopathy was a, a, a big goal for me. And I was, I was just getting all excited about it. At the time, I owned a clothing company called M Squared Adventure Wear, and I was about to move to Korea to teach English. And so I packed up all these anatomy and physiology and biochem books to take to, to Korea. And I lived there for almost three years. And I just started studying and studying because I was really intimidated at the age of 33 to be starting over. And uh, came back, sure enough, had, uh, had my two babies while I was studying naturopathy. And no looking back, I absolutely love my profession. I'm so honored to be in this profession. Well, it's an incredible profession, something that is incredibly inspiring because, as you said, there's a key word there, holistic. It's looking at the whole being, understanding lifestyle, understanding external factors, things like stress, our happiness, all of these things. And of course, that all can affect our hormones. So what in the whole realm of naturopathy, what made you focus specifically on hormones and perhaps even moving into aging with inspiration? Uh, yeah, great question. Well, initially, when I started, I was, like I said, I was in my in my early 30s. And um, within clinic, you know, the majority of women that come into a naturopathy, nat to, to seek naturopathy are women. And I just, you know, I guess that's the number one complaint from women. But I really took a shine to fertility. And I was in absolute awe of, you know, getting pregnant and being pregnant and just feeling so good and feeling so healthy. And then I just kept getting a string of women who were having, who were struggling with infertility. And I tell you what, Kim, it is a big thing. It's now, you know, one in six in Australia, couples that are, that are struggling to conceive. And I just thought, wow, I want to be that person who just sits down with these beautiful couples and says, all right, let's just clean up your liver. Let's get some hormone testing done. Let's see where you're at. Let's get on this. Let's get off of that. Let's balance your hormones. 
And sure enough, baby after baby after baby. And I'm like, oh, what a buzz, right? For me, professionally, I just absolutely loved it. And then I formed a company called um, The Baby Builders. I thought, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really take this one step further. Ended up writing nine books on just the different reasons why people weren't um, getting pregnant, like fibroids and um, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, things like that. But one of the books was was on older mothers. And that was definitely a category at the time of of women who have um, left it a bit later in life. I was one of those. I was uh, 35, pregnant with my first first bub. And um, I guess that that category of women had a different set of things going on to a, to a younger woman with, with hormones. And I think, you know, looking back now, I did treat a lot of women, even though I was doing fertility, I was in a general clinic. I In my 30s, I treated a lot of women who were in perimenopause and menopause. But I guess the, my passion at the time, because I was in that world, was, was treating fertility. So as I've aged and now uh, 58, I, I've just gone, you know what? I think I need to switch. My people are really me. My people are women who are um, in this age and stage and not maybe as old as me, 45, 40 onwards, really, of, of women who start perimenopause. And um, I thought, no, I'm gonna, I've got this project in me. I've got this passion in me to help women in this age and stage of life. And then I develop um, hormone queens. Gosh, you know, it's incredible, really. It's not just one thing. And often, and with respect to the medical profession, we can go in with a complaint. We probably pretty much generally speaking, expect a tablet or some sort of medication. We walk out and we think life's going to be okay. Why is it, do you think, in your humble opinion, there is such a movement towards more holistic integrative medicine and people such as yourself who are really diving into the holistic aspect? Again, not knocking medical experts and doctors, because I'm sure, as you and I both know, when it comes to emergency medicine and certainly surgery and all of those specialty areas, there is nothing better. But why is it that there is a mentality that a pill or a maybe a surgery or something will just take it away rather than the whole lifestyle picture. Mm, it's so spot on there, spot on. That's just a great point. And you're right, you know, with doctors, different training, they're, they're trained to marry up symptoms with medication. So when uh, symptoms don't fit the medication or when symptoms aren't resolved with the medication, um, that's when women, you know, everyone in general, but women in, in this niche especially, uh, kind of get overlooked. And it's just like, oh, it's just menopause. You're just getting older. Um, and my favorite one, which is not my non-favorite one, is the blood work is fine. <laughs> the blood work is normal. It's like, but I'm exhausted and I'm crying and I've got flushing and it's just part of aging. And it's just like, and, uh, and I think that's what, you know, then women are like, what else is there? I'm not going crazy. I need some help here. I'm just at my wits end of how I'm feeling. So I think that's part of the answer is, is yes, women, people are are um, 
seeking out other alternatives to understand how to best treat themselves. They don't necessarily know what they're walking into with an initial consultation. And most are just like, wow, you know, no one's ever asked me those questions before. And no one's ever, you know, put it down to this or that, or that makes sense to me now. And I'm not going crazy. And it's like, no, you're not going crazy. This, you know, your symptoms are real. It's almost almost like they're actually heard. I, I, I keep hearing most of us as as women, as human beings, we just want to be heard. And I think what you're saying to me is that when you take the time to have a consult with a naturopath, you get to have time, you get to explain your story. And I guess, and I'm just guessing this, you are listening for the cues. Could you tell us some of the cues that you're listening out for when you're hearing a woman pour her heart out about crying in the middle of the night, exhausted, feeling all those feels. What are the cues that you're listening for that makes you go, aha, uh-huh, we could go down this avenue or this is what I need to go for? Mm, yeah, yeah. Cues hormonally, um, there's a few of them. You know, because we have three estrogens, progesterone, testosterone, they, and cortisol, they all do different things. So when I'm talking with women, I'm leading them down the very specific paths. I've already read their intake form. I'm, I'm well aware of why they're showing up. But things like, um, like in perimenopause, especially when we still have our periods, things like um, heavy clotting, really heavy bleeding, um, men, uh, ovulation, pain around ovulation, getting really teary and uh, a lot of times angry and like feeling quite aggressive before a cycle starts. Um, this obviously the, the pain, the lower back pain, the menstrual pain, but the whole emotional side of it really too is, is really unnerving for women. It's just like, who am I? Did I just say that out loud? I'm not allowed to say that out loud. I'm barely allowed to think that sort of thing. And, you know, really when I'm looking at cortisol, that whole fight or flight, it's really indicative um, as we age, I find as well. So the cues for that can be um, really tired in the mornings, uh, getting a second win in the evenings, just like, oh, you know, after dinner, when you're supposed to be sort of uh, winding down for the night, women find that they, they can get a second wind and find it hard to go to sleep. And getting that sort of um, cortisol spike through the evenings, like when they're supposed to be sleeping um, inappropriately. So you're looking at things like hard going to sleep, uh, wakefulness um, through the night, and just waking up like you haven't actually gone to sleep because you have you're in a you're in a, a deeper, you're not getting that lovely deep REM sleep that's so restorative. So that's from a hormone point of view, but, you know, naturopaths are known for their, you know, gut health as well. So I dive very deep into gut health because, you know, we are what we eat, but more so we are what we absorb. So someone comes in and it's very common to come in, um, see someone presenting with fatigue, just I'm so tired. It's like, all right, well, what are you what are you eating? Are you getting any bloating, rumbling, gurgling? What are your bowel habits like? Um, what's your immune system like? Because your immune cells reside in your gastrointestinal tract. 
So that's definitely part of, you know, digestion elimination. But another thing that happens within the gut, which I pay very close attention to, and when I, when I do a presentation called the gut-brain connection, um, there's always a little gasp in the audience when I sort of talk about dopamine and serotonin, you know, just being our, um, you know, dopamine, our, our goals and our mood and our motivation, and serotonin being our bliss and our joy and our confidence. And, you know, those, the, the bacteria for those very important neurotransmitters for mood are made in the gut. It's like, oh, that explains a lot. I have my gut is a mess. My, I've got high anxiety. I'm feeling stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not sleeping well. So all of a sudden you're having this conversation and you can kind of see the light bulb moments and just the relief on people's faces that they are, you know, spot on, Kim, that they are being heard and that someone gets them. Such a relief and it's so beautiful. And I think there's such a place for this because for many of us, and I just, I'm blown away. Just most women don't even understand their actual hormone cycle. They don't understand there's a follicular phase, a follicular phase, an ovulation phase and a luteal phase. And that our cycle is meant to be 28 days, generally speaking, that it explains different releases of different hormones, as you mentioned, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But many women, young women especially, and, and that comes perhaps from their mothers and their parenting, they don't even realize it. And what is so sad about this is when people go to the doctor with painful periods or cramping or things like this, the first thing that seems to be generally prescribed is the pill. And then yeah. we find that women go through being on the pill from a very young age. And I'm wondering and curious if this leads to infertility for some people, or do they ever get through or get back to a normal cycle? Like, what is, why do you think they're prescribed the pill as opposed to understanding their cycle and realizing that a painful period is common, but it's actually not normal? Yeah, exactly right common and not normal. And um, first thing I'll say to that is that you just the amount of women that think that their periods are normal, though, Kim, they come in and like, quite debilitating, like can't get out of bed, and I have to call in sick for work. And um, I'm, you know, I'm changing tampon after tampon, I've got a tampon and a pad. And I go, you know, I go, you know, I often curse psycho. <laughs> I, mean, I go psycho at the at this time of month. And it's amazing what debilitating symptoms people, uh, women will will sort of justify. And oh, that's that's my mother. My mother was like that, and um, that's just that's just my period. And that's just the way it is. And I guess you know one thing that people take away is like, no, that is not normal. Yes, it's common, just like menopausal symptoms. Yes, they're common, but they're not normal. And the pill is used as a, um, again, marrying up a, um, a drug with, with symptoms. That's kind of the only thing in the toolbox for doctors. And um, if and people are, are, are in desperation zone, like, oh, okay, you know, I'll try that. That's fine. But, you know, having a normal cycle and sometimes Sometimes the pill or, you know, and the, the insertions 
of the synthetic hormones. And that's what they are. They're synthetic hormones telling our bodies what to do. Um, which isn't the healthiest way to go. And, I, you know, in some cases, you know, it, it is it is very effective and I'm, I'm not putting it down in all in all instances. But I think if we if we can understand the, the phases of our cycle and get really good at listening to our bodies and the signs and symptoms, you know, we think a lot of things in our bodies are coincidence. And it's like, well, that's just, oh, no, does that, you know, when you ask people questions like, Wow, yeah, no, that actually happens quite often. And I never thought of it that way. And but we really, if we stop and listen to our bodies, it's, you know, we have there, she has so much to say to us. And, you know, I find as uh as women get older too, and one of the most common things prescribed for menopause are antidepressants. And um that really breaks my heart. Because that's not necessarily what's going on here. And it's kind of the next generation of younger women getting prescribed a pill and older women getting prescribed antidepressants. Gosh, it's, um, it's almost scary. But I've listened to women like you, Dr. Libby Weaver, different experts speak about hormones. And I think it's really sad that we're not taught more about this. But hey, here you are to our rescue. Yeah. You run workshops, <laughs> you run events, you have information, you've written books. It's the best we can do. One thing, I'd just love it if we could go back a little bit. You mentioned the liver in one of your opening statements, and the liver is one of our most incredible detoxifying organs in the body. It also does a multitude of incredible things. You talk about the liver quite openly, and as I've noticed most naturopaths do, is that one of the first areas you're looking at to see how we're creating or recycling hormones or how we're detoxifying or eliminating? Why is there such a focus on the liver? Yes, I love the liver. You're right. Um, well, the liver is our, kind of perceive it as the factory it is the factory of so many different things, but one of the, you know, one of the things that it does so well or not as well is um, hormone regulation. So the liver is there to, it's kind of like the policeman. You know, we got three estrogens. Um, it's like, okay, you go down that pathway, you go on that pathway, you go on that pathway. Let's all moving out, everybody. Come on, let's go. And um, what happens is that, you know, when there is liver congestion, and liver toxicity, um, it tends to store hormones. And you'll hear a lot about something called estrogen dominance. And that basically means that the liver is storing way too much estrogen. We got way too much estrogen either stored in the liver or the wrong type of estrogen be being flowed in, you know, through, throughout, our, throughout our, our cells and our cycles. Um, so honestly, the liver is one of the first things I really take a good look at and just doing just doing my um, hormones, you know, I have called the hormone queens, you know, classic smoothie. And um, I have very um, um, specific nutrients that I'm using within this, within this smoothie that people can use as therapeutic medicine. You know, using food as medicine is my first go-to before supplements. Um, but the liver is a very important part of that. So if we can, if we can sort of take, you know, keep our foot on the pedal with with liver, and I guess as a young naturopath, seeing older women, you know, going through 
perimenopause and menopause, I was I was taking notes. I wasn't there yet. Um, but I was like, ah, okay, this is what's working. This is this is what's keeping her out of. And I'm happy to say, Kim, that I actually don't, I don't say this smugly at all, but I don't have any menopausal symptoms. Um, yeah. and, and it's not because, you know, I'm special or anything like that. It's just because of my profession and having that exposure to women who have had all the problems. So quite honestly, I've never taken my foot off, off of uh, liver support. And I really feel that that's a big part of it. I think this is so important for us all to hear at all ages. One thing I'd also love to just ask you from a spiritual essence, um, emotional point of view, my mum, she had me very young, Mary. She was 17 when she had me. She had me three days. She was in labor with me. Doctors gave her sleeping tablets to send her home. It was just so different. And then when she went through menopause, I can honestly say my mum went through hell, really bad night sweats, unbelievable um, years of, of menopausal pain, if you like. And I've always thought when I was when I was pregnant, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a three day labor. I looked at my mum. I thought I'd just be copying her. My labor was three hours. And then <laughs> when I hit perimenopause, I didn't even realize I was really in perimenopause. But it was only because my period was getting more and more distant as far as the regular cycle was concerned. But I didn't seem to get the symptoms that she had, and I certainly can say with with pride that I don't and gratitude that I don't have that. But she said something very fascinating to me. She said, Kim, one, I reckon you'll go through this with such grace and ease because you're really in touch with your femininity and you honor yourself and you take care of yourself. She was a young mum raising three kids, trying to work her butt off. And she was the woman that kind of carried the load for everybody. Would you say then that emotionally, this also can have a huge amount of um, detriment or grace when it comes to not only the liver, but our hormones and our lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what your mother said to you. That's, that's, That's so insightful for her, because honestly, I do hear from women no, my mother said, you know, this is what my mother did. And my mother, you know, I'm on the same track as my mother. And I do remind people, it's not a given. It's not a, you know, you're not pre, pre-genetically disposed to, um, you know, in some instances we are, you know, with different genetic predispositions, but not in this one. Um, and, you know, absolutely, the better that we take care of our bodies, and I'm really looking, you know, with with women, what are, what are your um, areas of inflammation? And inflammation's become a you know kind of a, a trendy word, you know, anti-inflammatory and things like that. But it really is the root of a lot of a lot of health problems that we that we're experiencing um, in this in this day and age. And hormones is is no exception to that. But the nervous system plays such a crucial role on hormones. So if you've got a, a long period of um, stress or anxiety or or you know things that have come up in life that are, are unresolved that you you're not as in tune with your body and your mind that you are um a woman who's you know a, a mother a wife a friend that you know you know at this age we've got there's sometimes there's teenagers sometimes we're caring for 
um, our parents at this stage and, you know, being all things to all people, um, sometimes women are putting themselves first. We're sort of a classic for, for doing that. So I think that, you know, that you're exactly right. The, the healthier that you are, you are eating um, foods that you're putting into your body. Are you absorbing, are, absor- are you absorbing nutrients? Are you nutrient deficient in any ways? A lot of people walk around not understanding that they're, they don't have any zinc. Their magnesium, which is their number one mineral for nervous system and muscle relaxant, um, is so low. Uh, their iron is low. Uh, B12, folic acid, you know, what are your bees doing? So it's so wonderful to look at underneath the skin, even though naturopaths, you know, we in this country, we can't prescribe blood work. I work hand in hand with doctors to really get underneath the skin and, and, and to find out. But in answer to your question of, of looking at it from a um, from a spiritual point of view, it is. And it's all, you know, I think this is why I've been so drawn to this project of, of hormone queens, because I really do find that women, as we get older, um, you know, there's so many more layers to the onion. There's so many more things in life that have that's happened. You know, we got separation or divorce or or death or you know work you know workplace um, incidents. Women are feeling more isolated. I find that women can lose confidence. Their body image is um, definitely a big bigger thing as we get a bit older. And feeling a bit, some women can feel a bit lost, a bit invisible. So this is a time that I really feel that women need that extra hug, that extra message of, you know, take care of yourself. What's going on for you? It's time to turn things around to look at what's going on uh, going on within your world so that you can, are able to, you know, go and be the nurturer that you want to be, but be the nurturer to yourself first. So when I'm treating hormones, I always treat nervous system. I guess that's where chiropractic and working alongside other specialty modalities, you can actually really create a beautiful, well-rounded team of amazing souls that support you to be the best version of yourself. And I think this is where I really was excited to share you today because so many of us don't even know where to start, let alone know who is our team. Many people think it's just a GP. And with respect, there's many GPs that have a holistic integrative approach, particularly around our hormones. But Mary, look, there is so much. I mean, you we're talking 20, 30 years of knowledge here into a little quick podcast, but Mm -hmm. there's something about aging with grace. And it seems in this day and age, whilst there's there's so many blessings that come with age that I never take for granted, and I'm sure many women don't and men, things like retirement, grandchildren, travel, perhaps a little bit more money, life experiences. And yet in this day and age, Mary, it seems that older age is portrayed as burdensome or annoying or hopeless. Where have we gone wrong that women, as they age, feel more of an encumbrance rather than a blessing? Like, how do we actually recreate and account for aging with grace and wisdom and knowledge and experience and reverence and growing older 
treating it like a blessing rather than a curse. What would be your advice around that? Oh, just hit me. You hit my hot spot, Kim. Um, you're so right. And I do hear, and I, that's you know one of the messages, it's all downhill from here. And um, it's, you know, things aren't how they used to be. And there's a there's a few a few things I'd like to say about this, and one one of them is that you know the better that you feel within yourself emotionally, spiritually, and physically, the more so I find when I sit down with women that their attitude around aging is different. But you know what? If you are you know overweight, you're 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 tired. Um, you're getting night sweats, you're getting pain, you're getting joint pain. All these pains are different pains are, are coming up. Um, you know, the migraines are set in, which is quite common as we get older. So for, for women, I can understand why they're saying this because they're coming in and they're just dragging themselves around and they didn't used to. So they're comparing their younger self to their older self. And that's not necessarily realistic because there are there are going to be things that we need to adjust and adapt to. It's, I'm not headed my sand as as far as as far as uh, as that goes because we need to um, look at that. And my one of my favorite conversations with women is how can we future proof ourselves? Who is a woman that you know who's older than you who is nailing it? Who's vibrant? Who's cognitive function is spot on who you know the you can see and feel their vitality and they'll picture this woman and they're like yeah yeah I want to that's what I want to be like and I say well picture someone who is who isn't that way maybe a similar age and they'll go you're right they you know they're slumped over they're unable to exercise because of the pain they're carrying a lot of weight their digestive function their eat is poor their their eating habits are are um are what they used to be and you know what we used to get away with we're not doing anymore so i try and i you know i i paint a picture of what it could be like and what it can be like in in the aging process and what we can do for our bones, our bones, I talk a lot about bones, about our brains, our cognitive function. We're in a, uh, a state where, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia has never been more prevalent. Um, our muscles, our memories, our, um, our movement, because, you know, exercise is an absolute privilege. And we never thought that as a younger woman, right? We just like get up and do what we needed to do. And now as exercise is taken away from many women in their forties, in like that's young. Um, but I remind people that, you know, there's so many gifts of aging um, and we can let go of things that, that we think that used to define us. We can let go of the importance of what other people think of us. That's no longer relevant. Um, we can reflect on what brought us joy in the past and create that, those elements of, 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 of the, those things in the future. We can actually reinvent ourselves at this age. You know, we are older, we are wiser. And, you know, across the board, we're definitely willing to put up with less bullshit. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. You know, it's so true. 
and the perspectives and, you know, what legacy do we want to leave behind? How do we want to feel 5, 10, 20 years from now? You know, what connections? Um, you know, we're looking for deeper connections. You know, we're realizing what's more important, relationship, experiences, personal fulfillment. And that's really why, you know, one of my, one thing that I've created out of Hormone Queens is something called the Queen's Table. And that's really where I'm inviting 10 people, 10 women to my home. Get offline. Let's get offline. Let's get together. Let's let's talk about some shit that's real, Kim. Let's sit around a table, have some healthy food. Let's make a smoothie. Let's end the day with champagne. And let's talk about, um, you know, hormones and flushing and aging and where you're at, where you want to be. Let's talk about drama vaginas. Let's talk about sex and libido and partners and annoying teenagers and things like that. And I think women are really braving that connection as we get older. And sometimes friends drop away or move away. And, you know, that isolation is a bit more. And it's nice to sit around with like-minded folks. Oh, gosh, I'm just loving this so much. One thing I've had a couple of people say to me as they've aged, and this is something I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Um, I've had a couple of women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s say, the older I get, the more invisible I become. Is that something you've heard a lot of, or is it something that you've noticed women saying, or that perhaps is seen as a negative of aging, is that a lot of people as they age feel more and more invisible? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I I feel it myself. Um, You know, I think, you know, as a younger woman, I guess invisible, it depends what invisible means um okay i think that if you got male attention when you were younger like whoa you know you walk by in your little skirts or your heels and it's like whoo you know and, and i think um that that disappears and i think for some women that that is a recognition of their um worth their beauty um not necessarily in a negative way but it's sort of it feels good to be recognized. And I think as we get older, the invisibility sets in when we no longer get um, attention, not necessarily just male attention, but attention necessarily in the workplace. Maybe there's maybe they're overlooked for a for a job, or maybe they're choosing somebody a bit younger who's got more tech skills or you know, things like that. So the invisibility factor is alive and well. And I think if we can replace that um, with things that are more relevant to us now, um, that w- where we can shine. Because as we get older, we have so much more a wealth and, and wisdom. And we can, we can share more things with younger people um, around us, whether that be our family, friends, or coworkers, of things that are of of different relevance, not necessarily the latest technology, but more so, you know, did you realize how powerful your mind is? Did you realize that, you know, you can um, choose your emotions and feelings, you know, that, that reaction within the boardroom was, I understand your reaction, but if you, if you looked at it this way, um, there's so many gifts that we can, 
that we can bring to the world with our creativity and our curiosity. And one thing I talk to people a lot about is curiosity. It's such, it's like my favorite new word. <laughs> it's my word of the year. I always choose a word of the year. And uh, curiosity about ourselves, about our, our partners, about nature, about the world around us. Like if we stay in that curious state of mind, like there's always going to be that sort of wonderment around us. Like when little kids, you know, and I think that's one thing that I, I love about me and, you know, looking at my self-love, I'm I'm very curious. And I like, I freak out when I see a butterfly. I'm like, gosh, there's a butterfly. And I'm always the last one at the sunset just to catch the, and it's not over. No, look now, look now. And the rain and the you know, so if we can stay in that beautiful, curious state of mind, or if you're not staying in it, come around to being in it, because that invisibility is replaced with wonderment. And what's next for me? What's happening for, you know, this is so exciting. Okay, that chapter's gone. This one's next. How can I get in a, in a, in a, um, a mindset, an emotional and physical um way that I can truly enjoy myself. So I think letting go of that invisibility and filling that with something else is the is the way forward. This is music to both of our ears. I know that we have so much we could discuss, but perhaps I could go a little bit more personal with you. You mm-hmm. yourself yes. have been through ups and downs. You have experienced different um, realms of the emotional cycle. You've been through a lot. And as you've aged, you've also embraced that and now able to teach other women how to deal with things like trauma and grief and struggle not only with our hormones, but our emotions. Perhaps you could give to us a little story around your own self and how you pulled yourself through a particular time or experience and maybe just some of the things you did for yourself to ensure you stayed on top of that. Mm, Yeah, thank you. I would love to share that. I haven't always said that. Um, And I'll just, I'll tell you why. But about um, seven years ago, um, in a 24-year marriage, uh, my my partner chose to leave the marriage and the family. So two kids, I had a I had a 12 and a 15-year-old and uh, kind of thought he was leaving for the weekend to work himself out. And um, he just, he didn't come back. And uh, he just couldn't, he he just, that was, you know, and through through mental health, you know, he's a beautiful person. I, I wish no ill in, in, in that regard at all. Um, but I was left, from that day onwards as a single mother, there was, there was never a weekend. He went with, you know, the kids went with him or so I was a single mother. I lost my best friend. And I just started noticing um, physically that um, in the, the lighting was so bright. What is going on? I can't, I need to turn the lights down. Is it bright in here? Everybody is anyone noticing the, how bright it is in here? And then um, I started getting eye twitches and like I thought, oh, my magnesium, right? Because, you know, I know all about twitching and I'm a naturopath and I'm all over this. And and sure enough, my the, the trauma and the grief and the absolute sadness and, and hopelessness um, that I was um, feeling at the time just presented to me physically. 
And I talk about this for, with my patients all the time, but it progressed. And um, I started getting uncontrollable twitching in my face and my eyes were shutting and my eyes were shutting for prolonged periods of time. And I ended up, you know, I always go to a naturopath first. I, oh, I have my own naturopath. And she says, oh, Mary, you know, this, I really feel you need to see a neurologist. I'm looking at you on the Zoom and uh, not sure if you're seeing what I'm seeing. But sure enough, I was diagnosed with a neurological condition called a blethrospasm, which is basically the, um, the brain telling my muscles in my face to to move to twitch to contract and i have literally no control over it and uh it was a hard time i was you know i was told that i needed botox injections and i'm like botox like not the not the not the uh cosmetic but going much deeper into the muscles and that's the only way and soon i couldn't drive my car because my eyes were closing for dangerous periods of time and I lost my job because I was a presenter for a nutritional company and I couldn't stand up in front of people and present anymore. So I couldn't drive. I lost my job. I was a single mom. I, um, and I was like, right. Wow. <laughs> okay. What am I going to do? And I went through a lot of, a lot of grief and a lot of emotion. And I really decided to, lean into it and just feel all the feels and be as sad as sad as I could be. And I kind of, you know, through what I understand through nutrition and through meditation and, but this was a big gun, you know, this wasn't, you know, you got a bit of anxiety. So I kind of, I came through that and I ended up getting, getting um, some surgery on my eyes, which helped significantly. And um, I came through that in a way that I, that I best could because I needed to be a mom. I needed to be that woman for, for my kids. And I just gave myself permission to be a mess. And I gave myself permission to just show my kids that I was a mess and that that's okay because I would used to not cry in front of them. And, you know, it was such a human experience and we all rallied together. And um, after a period of time, um, I did get better and I, I did, you know, did lots of exercise and I took all the nutrients for the biochemical factors. You know, this is a, this is a life you know, they, you know, they say it's a lifelong, you know, commitment, this, this particular neurological, they call it a disease. I don't call it a disease. I call it a condition. But disease is a dis-ease, you know, and that, I guess, you know, in saying that it is. But, um, you know, it just goes to show how much our emotional, emotional health plays out in our physical health. And it just goes to show how much grace you need to give yourself in times like this, in times of in times of grief. And I was really embarrassed for a long period of time because I'm a naturopath. I'm not supposed to get these things. I'm not supposed to um, 
have this happen to me and you know I had a I I you know I sort of went on and and got along but there was a a suicide of a loved one that sort of progressed this a couple of years after that and it spread through my face and it became dystonia and blepharospasm meaning that it spread to the bottom of my face and my neck and my and I was mortified and I would try so hard to hide it I would just cry so hard to keep my face still in in consultations and with people because I was embarrassed. And but now I've just through lots of you know self-love and self-gratitude and I'm not embarrassed anymore. And this is what's happened to me. And this is it's literally written all over my face. So um, thank you so much for asking because you know we are not our conditions. We are we are you know the result of things that can happen to us, and just to be super mindful of people. You know, some people are at the stage where they're at the beginning stages of their physical things are starting to play out because of long term or acute stress. Get on top of it. Get help. You know, there's so many beautiful natural ways to to um, you know, work with nervous system and work with that cortisol regulation. And, and yeah, it's, thank you so much for asking me because it's, it's such a lesson for me. And I love, I'm loving to share that with other people. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being so open. So often people, as you mentioned, that are in a leadership role or in a clinician role, you know, they really do have to keep on top of it. And I would go to an extra level and say, thank goodness for the work that you do, because it does keep you accountable and it does keep you in the work and curious and constantly looking for answers, because then you become the spokesperson for people who don't know or aren't sure. And when you come from a place of pure experience, sometimes that means more than any scientific literature or any sort of, um, you know, proof that it's actually, this is what's happening. So I just, I just want to say thank you for finding and choosing a path of self-love. And, and that is probably why I love this podcast and my guests so much is because a lot of our own sense of self comes from a belief of love for oneself. And in that regard, I'd love to ask you, what is your definition then of self-love? Well, thanks to you and your beautiful book. Um, and I just, I just, you know, the art of self-love has helped me so much. And I recommend it to, to my patients. And um, I, I've, I've made a thing that I put on my, that I put on people's care plans and I put the six pillars of self-love and I just, and I plucked them from your mind. And I thank you so much for that. Um, and these are, and I always say, this is not me. This is, I'm, I'm just taking a rendition of this, but my six ones I always put on, I like your self-care and like we just talked about emotional, physical and, and mental health care and prioritizing yourself. You know, number two, I always say, and hopefully I remember all these said on my self-compassion, you know, just give yourself a break. You know, don't give yourself such a hard time, you know, understand and forgive yourself. Three is big one for women. It's, it's setting healthy boundaries and the art of saying, no, that does not work for me. Thank you anyway, but I can't do that. Um, personal growth, I put in my six pillars. 
because I think we're always continuing to learn about ourselves. And like I said earlier, having that curiosity and aligning yourself with your values is so important. Uh, Number five is one of my favorites, and it's self-talk, because there's so much, you know, having positive self-talk and uh, catching yourself on negative self-talk is probably my longest spiel when I'm speaking to women and just, you know, finding tools to catch yourself and just sort of retraining those self-talk, that that, that self-talk. Because if we, you know, if we wake wake up and say the day is going to be shit, rest assured the day is going to be shit. Um, if you're telling yourself something that's not working or you're not right or you're not beautiful or you're not worthy or creative or whatever that is, um, yeah, it's so damaging. And the last one, which I love, is, you know, it's it's a word that's used a lot, but it's authenticity. And it's really just be you, you know, let go of all the things that you're meant to be, you're supposed to be, and, um, you know, honoring your values. And that's, and it's probably, probably a long version of self-love, but I hate leaving any of them out. <laughs> well, they are all incredibly important, and I'm incredibly grateful that you've shared that with us. And I know we could talk forever. I just want to publicly thank you. When I had my shoulder surgery, you really bestowed an act of love on me by recommending a couple of supplements that I could take in the repairing phase of post-surgery. And I just, you didn't even really know me and yet you did that. And so I just want the listener to know that if you're looking for a really good naturopath and someone who does understand these different transitions that us women go through, or if you're a gentleman listening to this and you're concerned about someone you love with their hormones, et cetera, then I definitely would love you to reach out. And so I would love to ask you, Mary, if people did want to reach out, it doesn't matter where they are in the world or the country, how can they get in touch with you? Um, well, they can get in touch with me at Hormone Queens with an S, hormonequeens.com. Um, and that's my website. You can see my programs. I have a clinic. If you're on the on the Sunshine Coast, I'm just in Forest Glen, maybe just down the road from you. Um, you can see my programs on there, the Queen's Table. You can There's some free resources and you can do a, a smoothie challenge and uh, there's a weight loss program. I'm on Facebook and Instagram just as Hormone Queen. So thank you. Thank you for the shout out. I really appreciate that. You're an incredible soul. And I'm just so grateful that we're all part of this network here on the coast. And I I really do love bringing women like you to the show because uh, we're all looking and we're all curious. We're going to take that one on. And we're certainly going to take advantage of the incredible resources that you've provided. Look, this is a massive topic, not only naturopathy, but hormones and aging and all of these things. We could spend probably a day workshop on each (laughs) one of these topics. Um, But just to come to the close, a message for the beautiful self-love podcast listener and also perhaps your favorite quote could be woven in with that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, my message is it's um, it's okay to be vulnerable. And we're at a, a time of our lives, you know, that vulnerability is so, it's just such a a beautiful gift to give to and to, and to receive. And to listen to other others, and really looking at this stage, your health is your wealth, and it becomes more apparent as we do age. 
And, um, you know, everything, everything that's in front of you can be absolutely magical. It, trust me, it is not all downhill from here. There's so many gifts of aging. There's so many gifts of, of, of hormones and, you know, just getting yourself in a stage where you're feeling vibrant. Anything is possible when you feel vibrant. So if there's anything that's going on, just reach out, whether it's to me or to someone else. Um, and just put yourself first. You are so worth it. And once you feel the difference between, you know, uh, exhaustion and, and, and feeling vibrant, anything is possible. Stay curious. And I have two favorite quotes. Um, one of them, I that was, and my kids will, you know, they'll, they'll be like, I've always had quotes on the fridge as they were growing up. So uh, they're always laughing at me with my quotes. But anyway, I love them anyway. When I was going through all of that stuff um, with my health and my personal life, I had on the fridge and I found this. I think I was just, I found it and I literally started sobbing. It said, when everything is uncertain, anything is possible. And I went, oh my gosh, anything's possible. That's true. <laughs> through the tears. It's like... That's so right. Anything is impossible. I have no idea what's going to happen next. That means anything can happen next. I'll just create that. And my other favorite quote, which I have on my mirror, um, is from Brene Brown. And it's and she says very, very rightly, midlife, when the universe grabs your shoulders and tells you, I'm not fucking around, use the gifts you were given. <laughs> say it one more time say it one more time midlife carry on Mid midlife when the universe grabs your shoulders and tells you i'm not fucking around use the gifts you are given i love it so much this, <laughs> All right. this is just the best way to end the show i'm just so <laughs> eternally grateful for that i love brene brown as well Thank you for being you, sweet Mary. Thank you for being so willing to be vulnerable, authentic, open, and real. And thank you for the work that you do. It really does make a difference. I cannot wait to catch up with you in person and give you a hug, but I just want to thank you for everything. And thank you so much for being on the Self-Love Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for, for that there is the Self-Love Podcast. And thank you for bringing awareness to self-love. It's 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 just the message of our generation. Um, it, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You are a star. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.